You can check out all the episodes of the Table of Truth on our website, www.tableoftruth.com. Welcome everybody to the Table of Truth. This is your man Cam. With me as always is introduce yourself. Yeah, what, up? Your, what up? It's your man Pope. What's going on? And we have a special guest filling in once again, two weeks in a row. Returning Mayweather champ, Cam Prime, ready oh, to defend. God. Take <laughs> off all opponents. Woo, let's go. Cam. Woo! And Yo, uh, can we bad. <laughs> You can't ban him. He's already been there two days in a row. I'm talking about Mayweather talk, yo. <laughs> oh, no, we're done with Mayweather. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, no more no more Mayweather. We, he's banned until at least another, what, eight months until he fights again? <laughs> to that shoulder heal. At least we're we'll fighting like September or some shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, something like that. It's all um, good. But, yeah, man, we are back. Another <laughs> exciting episode. Um... We're going to address, there was an article called the uh, Oregon Trail Generation, and um, to give a quick summary of it, it was speaking about the people that were born between probably 78 to 81, 82, and um, how they're kind of like the lost generation right now because you have the definitive Generation X, and then you have these new millennials, as everybody loves to call them, and, but this specific generation um, they grew up at a time where they firmly remember when they first started using the internet and technology, but then they're also fully integrated in it, so they're not as jaded as some of the other Generation X's. But um, we all read an article and wanted to have like a, like a nice discussion about it. Um, what were you guys' like, uh, first thoughts off of reading the article? Hold on. Before you even get into that, kind of give a little synopsis of what the Oregon Trail is for those oh, who don't yeah, know. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that for Everyone that's born 90 and up. <laughs> um, Oregon Trail was a video game that was... Um, what the hell was that? It was not me. That um, was me, Bikes and an ESPN update. Uh, now, Oregon Trail was a game that was on the Apple, one of the first uh, Apple Macs. It was like, you know, green screen, and it was a super simple text-based game with very limited anim animation. And it was a game that... Pretty much anyone that was born in 80, no, 79 to 81, 82 played when they were in elementary school. And it was part of our like you know weekly uh, computer lab type situation because we only had comp computers once a week when we were in, uh, <laughs> in grade school. And so it consisted, like my, for me, it was Oregon Trail, uh, Hot Dog Stand, um, what's the fishing game? With the the mackerel or something like that, um, <coughs> oh, I forgot the fishing game already. That's horrible. And then we had to do a typing test to learn how to type, like just basic uh, word processing. Yo, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, to be honest, I have never played Oregon Trail, yo. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Pope because <laughs> I I went to school in Compton and. We didn't have <laughs> You know, it, well, I take that back. I was in New York, so we like, like that game was foreign to me. It was about the haves and have-nots. I mean, if you were into that and you had that, 
accessibility to play that game, more power to you. Although I am born from that generation, quote unquote. <laughs> so I remember I was I'm from the DOS logo logos era, whatever you know. So mm-hmm. that that was that's what I fondly <laughs> remember, and that's the earliest of like PC gaming I can recall. So like I I never played that shit either. Even in school, like we didn't really have we didn't have computer class per se, and so I got later on into school. But my my computer at that time was like speaking spell. Yeah, when it <laughs> when it came to video games, it was just like like Commodore sixty four, like um, what was this? I had this old ass Commodore that we had a keyboard with, and we st- we had a magazine that we would buy, and it would give you the code for the game, and you had to type that whole fucking line for line, uh, of DOS in order to play the game. Yeah. Like you type in 150 lines of code and then to play ping pong or some dumbness like that, yo. <laughs> yeah, see, that's. I grew up in the suburbs, so we had, you know, computer class once a week and had to learn how to type and all that crap. But um, the other thing they made um, parallels with is like, you know, the, the, the age of Napster and all that stuff. And, like, you know, in the college, and like for everyone that was in the college dorms, Napster was huge because everyone was Yo, like, "Wait, you could." Hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. What is like? What's the age group? What, uh, what year is it Generation X? So, so okay. uh, uh, from the articles I've read and gathered, um, Generation X is from like 1961 to 1981, quote unquote. Now, some have even had said, if you, uh, it doesn't even fit. Like we, like me. I'm um, I'm in the late '70s, so we're like I think I don't know about you, Pope. What, what year were you born? '76. So you're a Gen Xer. Me and Cam are like the lucky ones, quote unquote, or the Xeniles uh, or the, yeah. the that that middle road. So um, they, we're 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 like in a like limbo, you know, that dead zone. Yeah. We don't really fit with the the new generation because we can also recall before social media and technology. But we don't also fit in that Gen X because, I mean, it deals with a lot of cynicism and, like, the creators. And they tried to – they stood out. They were more rebels than accepting it, you know, so and having hope. But, like, they quote-unquote say it's from 61 to 81. Um, some can – it's up to debate and some argue that, the, like – The years were born. The years were yeah. born. Yeah. 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 yeah the, um, the... Isn't it, like – isn't it Gen X, Gen Y, then? Um, yeah, Gen X, Gen Y. We're we kind of lumped into Gen X, but I think we kind of also encompass the new Gen Y because yeah. and we also got, embrace it. Yeah, they got cool with oh, let's call them millennials now, which is like yeah, pre millennial. Millennials are supposed to be like nineteen ninety on or some crap like that. But um, yeah the the last the last generation is like seventy eight to eighty two eighty three roughly. Zenials, how's that generation though? Huh? How's that generation? Like five years? <laughs> it's not every like ten. That's the generation years. because they don't realize a world without Facebook, or you know what I'm saying? Like there was a life before Facebook. There's a life when Facebook was conceived, and some people don't understand what it was like. To not have the cell phone or touch, t- you know, dial up or whatever AOL. I'm re- I'm from the AOL generation. Yeah, yeah. yep, me too. Yeah, so, I, I, I with that shit. That's the part yeah. I liked about the article that they were talking about, like <laughs> you know, 
the first time, you know, the the friend of the other group that got AOL and he had to like plug the phone out and put the modem in and hear the sound and you know ASL and going to chat rooms and talking to people and then they're talking about also, you know, just um, the yeah, like like Napster was a big thing. I remember like when I first was uh, introduced to Napster, I thought that was like the greatest thing ever. You can get any song anywhere at any time. And my friend was like, yeah, dude, and, and then people just wholesale downloading tons and tons of data and yeah uh, that was that, the shit that was the sh- it was it was a big moment for music um because a lot of rules were changed because of napster and all those other media downloading sites that kind of changed the game uh i remember finally when it was kind of coming out it was just cool to be able to get those mixes that you could never find in the store and you could just search, and Napster could find anything. Like it was just crazy, the uh, absurdity at which you can just find music and download it. And it was like the wild, wild west during my college years. And I would see like the Asian guys with all these. What was that like media player? That was it was black, but it had all these colors. It was like a little oh, mixture. Winamp. Winamp, man. Like you, man. Winamp and Napster went hand in hand. And, like, I just fondly recall just trying to look up some obscure Wu-Tang French album, and it was just, you could find it. It was it was cool. It, I, like, I loved it and hate it, you know? So, it was super hate sick. It. No, I mean, it, it was accessible, but it, I don't know. It was just, it was weird to, like, just get all, it, it, it was too much, too much content to absorb. Like, they, it needed to have some type of, like, parameters, no, man. No, it doesn't. No, I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I, don't. I think I, that now. Before, I, I didn't care. I honestly believe that uh, Napster has completely fundamentally changed the way our world has worked, uh, and I don't know if people have seen it because that was the first time in our in our life that it was a moment where we could get uh, premium quality stuff for absolutely nothing, True. and it created a sense of entitlement in the general public that we're supposed to get things for free, and I've been saying this for years, like that's going to be the the push for going forward like more and more things have become free across the board not only just like music and entertainment but other things as well like that's going to be the new model like they it's already been implemented across different industries like um the freemium model yeah well i'm just thinking on the side of also from protecting not only the consumer but i'm protecting the artists as well because the artists this is their creation and if at the time when this was all going out, you know, there was money to be made for the artists. And in a sense, we were kind of taken away from that. But now th- we've dictated, the, cons- the, 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 the populace is, con- is dictated that it should be free. And, and the artists have now adapted that model and taken control in their own hands of just putting out music for themselves and not going through a label or like this company. You know what I'm saying? So it's kinda, it, it kind of changes the dynamic of how you distribute music. And so, yes, like I said, it, it is a, overall, it's a great thing to enable the user to have this ac- access to music and free content. But at the time, it took away, it was like unbalanced. And yeah. Yeah. Like, so, like in, when I was in the middle school, me and one other dude were the first people to listen to the Wu-Tang album. And my cousin, like, I vividly remember this. My cousin was like, hey, you should listen to this. And he gave me the tape, and I was like, some kung fu shit. And I was like, what is this? He's like, nah, just listen to it. It's, it's good. I'm like, all right. You know, I popped in the, my Walkman, Sony Walkman plug. And then, you know, went to school. I'm listening to it. I'm like, yo, this is pretty dope. 
And people would ask me what I was listening to, and I would tell them, when they would make fun of me because they were listening to, like, I don't know, JT the Bigger Figure and E40 and Too Short and that kind of stuff. And only one other person knew what I was talking about. We were having a conversation, and we bonded over, you know, listening to Wu-Tang, and no one else in our whole, you know, middle school listened to it. And when Napster came about, now it's like everyone can listen to anything at any time. So it eliminated that, like, almost that cool kid factor where it's like the people that, the first adopters, like when you first saw someone with a Wu-Tang t-shirt, it's not readily available before, like, you know, Wu wear and all that crap. But if someone had one, that was like, oh, shit, like, where'd you get that t-shirt? Either you went to a show or you knew somebody that knew somebody. And it was like that small, like, almost elitism that, that they, when Napster came out, kind of totally just disintegrated it. And then it just, you know, built back up again. I'm, I'm going to piggyback off that and say, like, it's a deeper thing where, like, we've, it, it gave us access to things we normally wouldn't get access because of its primitive nature. To go out and hear what's new, you would have to go to maybe a record store, talk to the record owner, and, like, vibe with people who collect music where Napster enabled us to, like, reach. It was like having the internet and going to a library in Indonesia. So having Napster, you were able to get music far and beyond the realm of which you grabbed excessively and that was attainable at your record store. You could just search, boom, let me search whoever. And this whole catalog of of content was just at your at your disposal. And it was crazy. That was like in, in its early stages, that was unheard of. I mean, I was just like, wow, I'll never buy an album again. You know, being the music aficionado uh, that I, I claim to be I, I was just like this is going to change the game I didn't think of it at the time but I was just like something's happening this is crazy to me you know to have this much control and power to just grab and pick and choose musical content or even video content you know yeah no that's exactly true and I remember because even with um, this was oh even b-boying wise when you wanted to, you know, you, you're only limited to your small local area. We were in the Bay Area, so only got to see Bay Area type b-boys unless you bought a VHS tape, put it in, and like saw b-boys from all around the world. But, you know, um, around that time, that's when b-boy world was opening up their servers and they're allowing people to upload, you know, large files of this video content. So like a jam would happen on Saturday and by Monday or Tuesday, the content would be up and everybody would be downloading it. And now we're watching kids from Korea who there's no way would ever see them or even know them. But we're seeing a whole, you know, competition and starting to see a whole new light of, you know, these b-boys. And now the world just got infinitely bigger as opposed to being a small little microcosm. Exactly. I, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I see Go that ahead. as the I see that as the um the benefit of the internet, but it's hard for the other generations like we were speaking in the beginning, like to even fathom what the world was like before these things existed. Like how do you explain to someone that in order to contact someone you had to sit and wait? <laughs> well well that comes out, that comes out of the main point of the discussion is I mean, what do you guys feel like you fit in? Do you guys feel like you fit in between? Like, for myself, I feel like I have the best of both worlds. And I don't know if it's a gift and a curse. I belong to a certain generation um, because I do have the cynicism of the Gen Xers. But I also, you know, I, I, I do uh, relate to, to dial-up. I do relate to rotary phones. I do relate to VHS, you know. Or going to play outside opposed to being in like I like I said, I'm from the era where I didn't get a cell phone 
until college. I didn't have a pager until it was forced upon me because my mom couldn't get a hold of me. I'm like, you know, when you had to make plans, you made plans and you stuck with it because if you didn't, you were, you know, SOL. You know, if you went somewhere and they weren't there, you're like, man, I'm going to contact you. I hope yeah, you know that. Per- yeah. You got to decide whether you're going to wait or he's going to break out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, all that, go ahead. I mean, it's just, it's just, I think we've all, it's like all the technology has created this, uh, this new realm for us. That's great. Like we have all these conveniences and like, but I think it also killed a lot that made us, uh, stronger and better people because now no one has any patience and patience is such a, like they say, patience is a virtue. It's such a, a, a valuable trait to have. But when you see new generations, they don't have that. They don't know what it's like to have to wait for a phone call or like, if you want to see a show, you have to be at your house at this time in order to see that show. Or you will never see it again. Like <clears throat> they don't understand. Yo, imagine like Breaking Bad was like in that type of series, <laughs> like because they don't show repeats. Nope. Back in the like they really don't show repeats back in the days. Like you may catch one or two during the summer, but like you miss an episode, you miss an episode. Yeah, it was the same thing with um, what was it? Oh, it was Beat Street, and Beat Street would come on Channel Two. And uh, it only come on maybe like once a quarter. So every every week I would pick up TV Guide, like rifle through it to see if I could see Beach Street because it always come on at like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And then mm-hmm. set my VCR so I can record it so I didn't miss it because it's my favorite breaking movie. <laughs> all right. First of all, do, does TV Guide still exist? <laughs> uh, I think yeah, so. Yeah, it does. But it's it's like a uh, it's a two it's two different things at the same time now. Like it has the TV listings. Which is a yes. small part of the magazine, but it's also like a magazine now. So they like have articles and they have exposés oh. and profiles and stuff like that. Uh, it, it went from a singular like it's it's a periodical now. So yeah, because I mean, you have a TV guide in your on your TV. Like, why would I, you pay money for that? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. It, it just reminds me of like newspaper. You know, no one really purchases a newspaper as much anymore because everything's all digital and accessible on your smartphone or your device. Mm-hmm. So I was just, I, I was just curious, like these are like, again, these are things we can still relate to. Like I said, we are part of the generation where we can live without such necessities, but we also understand the, the, the dynamic of having these, uh, extracurricular necessities of having a phone, a smartphone, like we can live in both, uh, cultures and survive. Like, I don't know how if someone that was born in the Gen Y, gen- the, 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 the new generation, and didn't have the internet, they would probably go bonkers, where I didn't always have the internet until, like, you know, recently. So I can, you know, be able to maneuver and navigate through such things. So that's why I'm just, I'm curious, like, how, how do those people cope? I know we're more, ex- we're more uh, accepting of the new change, and we can also revert back if need be. You know? Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, you you have the point where I remember when TiVo came out, and it was like, wait, 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 you can pause live TV? Like, why? Yeah. How, how? What? Yo, that, was, that was a game changer right there, yo. Wait, wait, wait you can skip commercials? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you an example. So when the smartphones came out, and they had unlimited data, my initial thinking was, I'm never going to be on the internet that much. <laughs> I want I want texting. It makes more sense to have unlimited text. Boy, was I wrong. I'm always <laughs> on the internet. My data plan is always shot. 
if I would have had unlimited data, I would not be paying these absurd charges for searching YouTube or on Twitter when I'm on the road. And Spotify, I would have bought Spotify Premium because it won't eat up my data plan. But unfortunately, I didn't have the foresight to see into the future and think that that was where we were going. Yeah. And also, too, I mean, uh, I remember when TiVo came out, and then I think it was, it came out maybe like the September before that Christmas rush. So I was going to buy it for my parents, and I was trying to explain it to my dad. He's like, I don't get it. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, you can record two football games at the same time, and then if you want to pause one while it's live, you can walk away, go to the bathroom, come back. And like, I was explaining it to him, and he was like, <laughs> can you? You can just buy it for me now instead of waiting for Christmas. I want I want to record games. <laughs> uh, what is this? Yeah. ESPN, the twenty four hour news sports station? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's crazy. Yeah, same with that. Like the you know, twenty four hour just channels of one thing, sports, news, uh, cooking, all that. Like that that was never around. Before it was just your normal, you know, local TV, you know, Skinamax, HBO, Showtime. And, you know, movie channel, I guess. And then that was it. There wasn't really all these, the multitude of channels. Then you have all these channels now where it's like, you just pick a subject and now that's a whole channel now. Yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy now, yo. I mean, I mean, I like watching those, those, um, those, that YouTube channel. Uh, it's like, I forgot what it's called. It's like React. And they have like these kids. Oh, yeah. And, and they give them like uh, old school shit and let them play. Like they, they had them play like. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. They gave them Nintendo. Yeah, they gave them an N64 and they didn't know how to hold the controller. <laughs> That's I the worst, have, dude. Yeah, I always have epiphanies like when I start talking about TV shows, commercials, or old cartoon shows. And like some people didn't know what Centurions were. Mask, mm. and these are these are not even old cartoons. These were just the mid '90s cartoons. You know, well, my my text. Go ahead. Wait, was Centurions '90? Consult the Google. I could have late, late '80s or early '90s, maybe. But I'm, I'm like, some of these cartoons are '90s. Yeah, I think that was those are like late '80s, like Inhumans and uh, oh man, Mask. Inhumanoids, Inhumanoids. That, no, yeah. yo, but I'm talking about hard. like cops, cops, mask. No, cops uh, is definitely from the from the nineties. Yeah, yeah, those, um, those, that, those cartoons. Wait, was it? Centurions was officially eighty six. Not okay. yo, can't, yo, Prime. I think all them joints is from like the late eighties. Yeah, cops, Cop, cops too. Because I had I had the um the black dude, the 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 chief, what, bulletproof vest, or whatever it is BP vest, or whatever yeah. it was. Like, I had his toy, and I know I wasn't playing with toys that serious back in, when I was in high school, which is in the early 90s. Uh, huh. Fun fact, uh, Jack Kirby and Gil Kane contributed to the design and concepts for the Centurions TV show. Huh. Okay, yeah, you're right. Cops ended in 89. It was like yeah. a short run. 88 to 89. What I, I mean, realized well, was um, how much of TV and pop culture that we grew up on and the references that we use to this day, like, you know, once I, was, once I dated a foreign girl and we were just, you know, me and the friend group were talking about, like, you know, early movies from the late 80s or early 90s or some random TV show or, you know, a commercial that everyone knew about, like, where's the beef or something like that. And so, like, all these pop references that were, like, ingrained in our childhood because, we you know, we 
grew up on all this pop culture, and it was completely lost on her because she's like, I don't like half these things. She had no idea what you're talking, what we're talking about, and you know, there's you know those cult classic movies. To me, in my head, is a classic. Like everyone's watched it, but I'm only thinking of everyone between the ages of like seven. I mean, I'm born between like what seventy five maybe to eighty three. So that's like Goonies, you know, Monster Squad, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, like you know, Golden Child, like all these movies that like in my head. Everyone's watched these movies, but in reality, nah, nah, not so much. Damn. Yeah, that's a good segue. When uh, how we talk about like texting versus calling on the phone, video games versus playing outside, and you know DVDs and like Netflix DVR, you know, and you know the other topics we were talking about sports today and versus back in the day. I mean, how do you guys feel about? Texting versus calling on the phone. Well, I mean, uh, someone, I think it was, uh, well, my cousin made a good point. It was like, you remember when we were younger and you wanted to go to a friend's place? Like, our, my parents would be like, have I met their parents? And then if they had, I'm like, okay, you can totally go there. I knock on the door. The parents open. I come in. I'm chilling with the parents for at least like five minutes for, for whatever reason until, you know, the homie that I want to hang out with comes out. But like, the, Kids knew who each other's parents were and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they kind of almost like a watch out for each other. And well, in my um, suburban neighborhood and pretty much my parents knew all my friends, parents and vice versa. And I knew all their parents and, you know, talk to them and stuff like that. So nowadays you have friends that you've never met their parents or or even their siblings because all you see them is at school, text them and that kind of stuff. And then you guys go out and that's it. Yeah, I mean, there's no real reason to go to someone's house anymore. Yeah, 100%. When I was going to people's houses, I wasn't going to hang out with them. I was going to see their cool stuff they got in their house. Yo, that <laughs> NES. Yeah, that yes. NES, I didn't have access. <laughs> yes, yes. That's the, that's the real underlying message. You had you always had that one kid who had a gazillion G.I. Joes or who had the first Nintendo on the block. I no. mean, I, we I, were friends, but yeah, he, yeah, had, yeah. He, had a, he had a little toys that intrigues you to go over there and, and seek you know yeah i don't know what his parents did or where they were getting his money this kid i swear today this dude had every gi joe known to man yo he had he literally had a suitcase that he would pull out and unzip that joint and the whole joint before with gi joe joe what? he had he had one bag just for weapons yo yo well and how how did you feel when you saw that like you you'll never yeah, when was the last time you felt when he brought that suitcase out of G.I. Joe? Just like, it is on. Like, have you felt that? Like, being an adult? Like, you don't get that sense anymore of just being excited over little stuff like that. You know? Uh, just- I guess it, not as an adult. Like, when I was younger, maybe, like, I would go, like, my boy would tell me he, he finally got that new game we was talking about for like four months. He'd been reading the EGMs every month, waiting for that drink to come out. And he finally got it, and it's like a four player. Like wrestling game and everybody's there. Like that joint was like the closest thing I could probably get to it. Yo, this dude had a USS flag, B. Like you don't you don't get no more crazy than that, you know. Yeah, the um ours was um Eric Otto, artist and illustrator, but he had uh Turbo Graphics, then he had uh Genesis, he had uh Super NES, then his his dad bought like surround sound. I think he 
I'm pretty sure he had the first DVD player of all of our friends. We watched Matrix, Lost in Space, and like something else, Twister or something like that on it. But it was like, he, he was the one that you, everybody would go to his house. His mom stocked the, the cupboard with like snacks and stuff like that. We like, you know, watch DVDs. And like, he was the first one with AOL as well. It was like the same thing. Yo, my, my other boy, the other same dude, the other kid I knew, he had a, you ever heard of a Vetrex? Vetrex was that? That was the one of the other first video game systems I've ever played before in my life. It was like the crappiest system ever, but yo, it was the greatest thing at the time. Yo, it was like a little black box with a screen, and it had a controller that you pulled out from the bottom of it, and it was just all like, it looked, like every game looked like Asteroid, yo, but it had mad games on it, yo. <laughs> yeah, that, that's crazy because like I just out here in San Jose. They just had like Famicom or anime. I, I don't know. It was some crazy convention. And I went to this venue that had all the video, like every video game system known to man, dating back to like the older Commodore or Atari. And they had it all lined up. And it was something I've never seen before. I was like, what is this? Yo, there's was, a lot of systems out there that you've never seen before. But hey, like, I was going to say, like, I, I remember, this is what I'm getting back to. Like, the. The moment when you saw, well, for me, seeing the first Nintendo was like the iPhone for me. You get what I'm saying? Like, that was Plug. Plug. <laughs> no, I'm saying. No, no. Seriously. Any, any like, whatever, like, game-changing-ass toy. Nintendo was game-changing for me. Like, yeah. I literally, it's like seeing Street Fighter 2, game-changer, you know? Like, I was just blown away. My cousins had it. They had Dr. Rob. With the little robot, and and you had to navigate, and the robot would drop this little spitting disc, and it would drop the pillars in the Nintendo game. They had Mario, and then getting back to the other point where it was that one kid. It was one kid who had the power glove and the 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 mat where you can play track and field. <laughs> mm-hmm. My my mind was blown. Like I was like, life can't get no better than this. Like it was just this is what I wanted, and like it was crazy to me that this stuff was coming out at that time being the age that I was I, I I was like literally it was one of the few times that I was really in awe and I actually believed magic was real you know what I'm saying it was crazy like Nintendo what is this this is oh my goodness like uh, it blew my mind what was the the first thing that you you saw that you felt like you were the like future. you probably yeah you probably hit the future yo <laughs> oh my goodness that I saw that I probably hit the future <sighs> I think it was the, probably the internet, dude. That was for me. The internet, maybe, um, the, yeah, Nintendo when I first saw it. Because I got a Nintendo game for Christmas, but I didn't get the new, the system until, like, my birthday, which was, like, you know, t- 12 days later. So that was pretty game-changing. I don't know, man. Uh, just, I think for me, it was, like, when they... When they <laughs> Whatever, when when they came out, what was before the uh, the iPod? What was that thing you had, Cam? That oh, little... the MP3 player. Yeah, man, I was like, yo, I got a gazillion CDs, and you could put it in this little thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I had like a. Um... Cam was the first with an iPhone, and I was ready to steal it, or not an <laughs> iPhone, but an iPod, the old one, because I don't know how you All got right. it. That the first like, I got yeah, a it like paperweight, and I remember he brought it to the house. And I was like, yo, like, I got to have this. Like, but he had the first, he also had one of the first, like, MP3 players I had seen. 
And I was like, man, mind blown. Like, I got a gazillion CDs, and this is what I was always saying that they needed to do, to put something where I can bring all my music, instead of taking these road trips and bringing shoeboxes of CDs, I can just have this <laughs> MP3 player in the palm of my hand. And at the time, it only probably held like 20, whatever, a certain amount of gigs of music. Like a thousand but songs. Like a thousand. Yeah, yeah. A thousand songs. So, yeah. I mean, right there was the cuffs. I was like, yo, it, 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 times be changing, you know? I, I so, think the, um, I had, you know what it was? I skipped, you know, when it went from like tape to CD and then they tried to do mini discs with Sony and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. like I, I skipped the mini discs and I just kept with CDs and then I got a, um, a Roxio, I want to say like Nomad or something like that. And all it really was was yeah. um, a USB drive connected to something else that you could put your headphones in. It could hold, I think, 13 songs, 14 songs. So it, was, it didn't have that much space, but that was the first like mp3 player ever had it was it was awesome no right on i think like for me i think the what put me over when i saw it feeling like we were going into the future is when i held uh like a uh, a device that had a touch screen like mm. i was like i was changing shit by just by touching it like with my finger because it, it, it felt like i was like performing some type of like telekinesis or something like i was just doing something with like almost like my mind almost, and it felt kind of bugged out. I'm trying to remember exactly what device it was, yo, because it was always like my friend would always get some cutting edge shit, and I was always behind the curve. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I tell you now, the uh, the thing I've seen recently that makes me feel like I'm in the future is that Microsoft Hololens. Have you seen that? What? What is that? <clears throat> so right now, there's like this big push for uh, virtual reality. And everyone's using these glasses. Like they have these headsets that you put on, and mm -hmm. like inside, like the uh, Oculus Rift, um, PlayStation has um, Pegasus. There's like um, fa Facebook bought Oculus Rift, and there's like one more. Like, but there's a bunch of other smaller companies all building like these virtual reality glasses, like these big like glasses you put on, and like you see computer graphics wherever you look. So Microsoft created these these things called Hololenses, and it's glasses, but what they do is when you look through them, they create uh, a ARG, which is like uh, augmented reality. What? So when you look through it, you're looking at your house, but you're seeing computer graphics placed on top of it. Oh, what? <laughs> so like if you look it up, you'll see one of the, um, the videos that have like this one like demo where they're playing Minecraft and dude is playing Minecraft in his house, like on his desk. What? And, like, and then dude looks over and like he takes the hammer that he has and hits his wall and the whole wall collapses and it opens up a whole another part of the 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 fuck of the game, yo. What the hell? But it's so it's laid on top of actual reality. Yo, you look at your counter and you you look at your coffee table in your living room what? and you see like dragons walking around and stuff, yo. I'm I'm just gonna say this. Uh, I I have seen some of that technology. I can't really go into details about it, but I, I know exactly. Skynet, what Skynet is real. yeah yeah. A, a bunch I've of companies seen, are moving yeah. that, that direction. Yeah, um, I've seen some crazy stuff. Like I almost ran into a wall playing with it one time. Like <laughs> it was crazy. I, I it it was pretty cool. You know, and and they're just scratching the surface on those things, and it's just gaming right now. But I don't know. I'm just imagining the possibilities and the direction they may or may not go towards. So, but right so, now it's strictly gaming of what I've saw and witnessed. But, so, like, think of like um, Cam, not Prime, but Cam. So, think of like uh, uh, 
Google Google lenses, right? Yep. That's what it's called, right? Google Glass. Google Glass, yeah. So imagine that you're looking through it and you see like the internet and stuff like that and on, that on that little screen. And so, but you're looking that close, it looks a little bigger to you, right? So from what they show with the HoloLens, like you look through the joint and there's like a digital UI that's like a minority report in front of you. Ah, but utilizing the your, the reality around you as opposed to just having this flat yeah. screen or whatever. So, but what? so you're looking out and like say like three feet in front of you, they're like the menus and stuff in front of you of the work you're working on, and like dudes just like taking windows and throwing them over to the other side, rearranging shapes and pulling what? things back and forth. It it's 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 some crazy stuff. Like compare if they if they do that with like and plus Microsoft had like the Surface, which is some crazy touch reality stuff too. Like I feel we're on our way to the future, man. We're really close to like holodeck. <laughs> Level one, yo, <laughs> Bruh, We about to, we we're about to do what Tony Stark does in the movies. I'm saying, dude, it's my Minority movie. Report, Tony Stark's, all that. Well, you know what's crazy is, um, so I watched uh, Tomorrowland this weekend, and one it was directed by Brad Bird, who did um, Incredibles, yeah, Ghost, Ghost Protocol, Ghost Protocol. But the movie was cool because. It was. It kind of got that sense of uh, wonderment and awe and creativity that a lot of the old school uh, Disney movies had, like Lost, Last Starfighter, and um, Escape to Witch Mountain, and all that kind of stuff. And it was basically just a commentary on how we've, as a general public, we've gotten too cynical. Like all these things that all these people are creating and making these, you know, amazing things, but we're too distracted by like reality TV shows or dumb politics or this other stuff to to see like the creations and like technologies that people are working on i mean we're all glued to our you know our smartphones and stuff but in terms of like actual technological movements and advancements a lot of people don't really know or see what's really going on and it's some amazing stuff that dude that we uh i think we posted up on uh i posted up on table of truth with no arms but he had like mechanical arms that shit was bananas yeah, 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 yeah. I saw yeah. that video. I did like, make make a fist, and his robotic arm made a fist, and he was like, "Oh, dude, Skynet is real." It's just Terminators went running around. Yo, well, hopefully, I, I, I hope it makes him like. I'm always intrigued and super hyped on the medical advancements. You know that this technology could bring. So, I don't. I, I don't think Skynet is real yet. But I tell you what is real: cyborgs. Cyborgs are real in our in our existence at this moment, yo. They're not the movies and the comic book level cyborgs. We don't got cable running around, but there's some true to life cyborgs. Right? Every time I see those people with the blade legs, those are damn oh, cyborgs, yeah. yo. <laughs> blade legs. Hey, that's then, real. And then the dudes with the arms, like that dude that was on on that video, his dream is high tech, but they have other technology that's uh comparable to that but have i saw i saw a hand this dude had he had an arm and i joint had uh touch sensitivity in the fingertips yo and like dude was picking up stuff and was like oh i can feel it i know what this is just by by touch like through a mechanical arm he was getting sensations in his brain yo to tell him what he was feeling nuts nuts it's insane dude yo I, i watched this video about this kid and this is going back to what I was talking about earlier about the, the freemium drink. This kid, like in in the Midwest somewhere, he's like 17 years old. He decided that he wanted to create a prosthetic arm, yo. 
So him and like two or three of his friends got together, jumped in a, in a garage, and and three D printed a high tech level uh, mechanical arm. You know, they came up with specs and they built their own joint. That's like some next level, like mental uh, uh, cybernetic arm. But then they went to um, he had a press conference about it. He went to like some tech conference and everybody was like, "Oh, we want to buy it." Blah blah blah. He was like, "Nah, I'm putting all my code and it's going to be a general common common lease." Uh, yeah. Was it a common uh, common uh, copy? Yeah, common use or whatever. Common use, yeah. So like all the tech that he created is free for, the, for anyone to use, yo. Yeah, they're the um the all the three D stuff. Like my brother is into like three D printing stuff, and they have sites and stuff where everybody swaps uh designs and they and trade and help and each other stuff out. So like they'll put pictures of what they made and then they'll they'll submit the design. So if you wanted to download it, make your own or improve it and then add it. It's kind of like um. Almost like the open source, like GitHub for um, developers, where people share share and reuse code freely and and, and openly, as opposed to trying to like you know hoard it and make mon- a bunch of money off of it and all that. That's what the internet was supposed to be. It was for it, well, I, excuse me. Let me ret- let me take that back. Hypertext transfer protocol or proxy, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, protocol. It, it was protocol. It was free. He could have sold this, and you know how many people use HTTP? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. I mean, the internet, they tried to sell it in marketing, and then we've, the, 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 the populace dictated that it should be, in a sense, free. You know what I'm saying? Because um, I remember they used to charge per minute or something. Something crazy. Oh, it, yeah, was abs- yeah. it was absurd. But, I mean, like, everything, this content should be free, and, like, it shouldn't be sold because it's like you can't control something that's so vast. The, the the realm of this is so vast and and it reaches far beyond and the rabbit holes go so deep that it's hard to conceptualize and put a quantity on you know it's it's just things like this that's what we should be heading the direction is make it a, the, the available this shouldn't be have and have not this shouldn't be a a privilege it should be the norm you know yeah well they're also like uh i think it was neil degrasse tyson was commenting on how it's awesome that people are getting into coding and developing but he was saying, "What three G? Just as many people to be scientists and engineers and things that will help, you know, uh, the technological advances of like, you know, transportation and farming and all that kind of stuff. Because a lot of people are like software within the last what fifteen years has grown exponentially. But like smaller things like roads and bridges and you know cars and all that are like it's very slow, slow, slow pace." Part of it is money because the electric car has been around since '97 and, and didn't get cool to the last what ten years because they had to, they had to <coughs> sell it, you know. Because well, that's because they get faster. Yeah, they become. Yeah. Yeah, then, no, I was gonna say like the. I mean, uh, not, a lot of people are not gonna be on the electric car game until there's electric recharge stations yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um, somebody had posted up on Facebook uh, about solar panel roadways. Yeah, I'd now, like to say that. Yeah. Yeah, if, if we go in that direction, it's going to be like, I don't know if we're going to see that in our lifetime, like a complete shift in in, in, in uh, the way we do things, especially with like building with buildings and roadways and like just conserving energy and going completely green. It makes perfect sense. But at the same time, is this feasible? How much is it going to cost? Like, <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you why it won't happen in, life, in our lifetime. Go ahead. Because the people who are uh, who are 
came before us in the last generations are the one that, that run the world. And they will not allow something like solar panel roads to become accessible because if that's the case, then it becomes more of a free power source and they can't make yeah, money off kills it. A, kills a whole industry. I mean, people don't realize, like, um, someone always says, like, you know, we have all these uh, advances in medicine and this and that, and um, how come we can't find the, the cure for the common cold? And someone was commenting, well, it's like, there's no money in it. Like, why would I cure the common cold when cold medicine industry is a, like, you know, a multi-billion dollar industry and we can cure it, then that just kills the whole industry and people are not making money. Therefore, once again, capitalism, capitalism stifles creativity. That's why you don't buy cold medicine. You just take a nap and drink water. Slip <laughs> that shit out. Your grandma was right. Boy, you're sick. Take a nap. You feel better. You know, it doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's a billion dollar industry. To give us placebos and to thinking we're getting better. And when your doctor, you used to be mad at your doctor. When you went to your doctor and you say, Doc, I'm not feeling cool. Oh, you just need rest and water. No, I need medicine. No, in reality, you pray, he, they probably were right. You just need rest and water and just eat a little bit better and you'll get healed if it's a common cold because yeah. it's coming to the point where I'm, think, I'm starting to believe that like either we don't make a strong enough uh, – drug or medicine that can cure it or it keeps adapting and it's getting used to all these like yeah, like different anti yeah these different antibodies that they keep feeding us instead of just giving us the ultimate cure we're gonna knock that out no one wants to be sick it's the worst feeling especially when you get older you can't recover from a cold anymore i used to get healed in three days now it takes like a week and a half two weeks you know yeah because uh medicine cold medicine doesn't heal you it's just uh it's, it covers up the it sedates you so yeah, sedates. Get through. You know, it comes. I'm not gonna lie. I like the feeling it gives me, but shit, I want it to heal me. <laughs> like I don't. I stopped taking medicine, maybe shit, almost like fifteen years ago. Like I, I rarely take medicine now. Like I have to be really, really bad to take anything, and if I do, it's like like a thorough flu. No, I take uh, let's see, Claritin for allergies. That works. And then when I sprained my big toe, I took ibuprofen. But in terms of that, that's roughly the the gist of actual like medicines and all that kind of stuff. You know, everybody else that we have in Vicodin or Adderall or this or that, and like, we're like the most medicated society in the, in human history. Yeah, I like I can see how. <laughs> so like uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got my uh, one of my wisdom teeth pulled. And I normally don't take medicine, but uh, <laughs> I was like, yo, let's, let's, let's do this, yo. So the doctor was going to give me, um, he's going to give me uh, Percocet. Was it Percocet or Vicodin? One of them. Probably Vicodin. Let's say it's Vicodin. But um, that joint is like $40 a pill, and I ain't got insurance, so I didn't get that. So I was like, yo, just uh, take Advil. He's like, just take Advil. Take three of those joints every eight hours. I'm three? like, all right, yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. So, like, I was doing that, and it was killing the pain. But when it was going away, like, the pain was coming back in such force. Like, I was like, yo, I should take some more pills. And I realized how people get caught in a cycle yep. of being hooked on, like, uh, on prescription drugs. Because it becomes, like, a crutch. And so after a while, I was just like, yo, you know what? I'm just going to live with the pain, yo. <laughs> you know, you can look at that a couple ways, though. I mean, you could, one, you went the cheaper route. 
but you can see how it can put you in a cycle. Or two, you could have just bit the bullet and bought those pills, and maybe you would just take one, and it would the the pain wouldn't be it would be subsided for even a lengthier uh, a lengthier time, and then eventually it will go away. But also that can also do the same thing. It might have the same effect as the cheaper pills. So I don't know. Ultimately, you have to find some natural way to like have the pain not be as prevalent. You know, a lot of people don't want to depend on pills. I'm not one to depend on pills for pain. And if someone gives me Vicodin, it's more because I'm sore from a workout, not because I actually need it and depend on it. You know, there's there's a, a feeling of euphoria that Vicodin gives you that Advil doesn't. I mean, Advil, all them over-the-counter drugs don't really work. It's for, that's like minor. I mean, stuff like a wisdom tooth. When I had my wisdom tooth take, or teeth taken out, I wanted the most potent stuff that they have, but you know, <laughs> like I Pope, I empathize with you. It's like, and like what's good? Yeah, no, I, I, I like. I, I, I'm gonna take it even further. Parents need to stress the important. Like they tell you, you know, brush your teeth, floss, blah blah blah. But they don't stress <laughs> the importance. And I, I, I hate to go off subject. They don't stress the importance of having your wisdom teeth removed in a timely fashion, because this ranks up there in my top three all-time pain thresholds. I've never, <laughs> ever want anybody to go through uh, wisdom tooth pain. It is the worst. And, and, and to all my homies that are parents, tell your kids, get those things removed. It's no joke. It's real. It's, it's, well, it's, oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's real I think you're, the aren't you supposed to only like, remove them if you have to? Like, I, I told Dennis to remove all those little... I don't even want to curse, but like I was like, three of them don't hurt. I don't care. Take them out. I never want to go through that again, ever, hmm. ever. It's the worst. It is the worst. Yeah, I don't know. Like my other ones are fine. They're good. I'm just gonna leave them where they're at. Nah, I'm good. I don't. I, if one of them start acting up, they all get punished. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> What happens when you have kids? Like one kid breaks a dish, everybody gets put on punishment. If he guys, hey, if he acting up like a wizard to act up, you get it. They all get it. I'm just saying that pain was unreal, Pope. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know. Not crazy. yeah. It's, not, it's not fun, not at all. Yeah, the um, like I haven't had my wisdom teeth pulled. I just had probably like two or three root canals within a month uh, situation. And even then, oof, not. it's one of those things where, same thing with, like I said, I sprung my big toe. And that one toe was like, the, like destroying my whole world. Couldn't walk, couldn't do nothing. Never taking my feet for granted ever again. Oh, man, your feet are real, man. That's like the most pressure points. You need to get me uh, one of those foot massages the old ladies uses. <laughs> <laughs> take care of your feet and it'll take care of you. Well... Now nah, the uh, but I, I think also too like which is all these crazy advances. You're right. Like people are quick to over medicate and all that kind of stuff, as opposed to just like you know putting some testing on it <laughs> and, and rock it out. I seen yeah. somebody with some testing the other day. I was curious. <laughs> I just wanted, I, I actually just wanted to sip it real quick to see what the hype was. You know, real testing. That's a, that's our generation. I don't know what they take now. I mean, yeah, I can't believe people. Drink that drink to get high, yo. <coughs> it's the new, it's the new thing. I know, I know a cat. Some syrup. Oh, yeah, yeah. Syrup. I know, 
I, I know a cat who don't do j the traditional drugs. He don't even drink alcohol. But boy, when it comes to syrup or bow or perp or promethazine lean, he is all about it. And like the, the crazy, it's so crazy to me. Like they put it in soda and like these crazy drinks. And yeah, they be mixing it. Yeah, it's cr I, oh man, it's nuts. That drink is called um. Well, pancakes and syrup is uh, it's like the 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 syrup means uh, Robitussin and like Percocet, right? Jeez. Yeah, it depends. I don't know the the science behind it or all the concoctions. I just know my homie always have like a Sprite cup or some type of soda cup, and he got that 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 tussin in there or that coating. And boy, he be walking. Look, he looked like somebody from a VA commercial. I remember the VA commercials when you needed your VA, you be leaning. That's what he be looking like. <laughs> off that lean. Lean, like just lean. I had it once, but I needed it like straight tussing because I was sick, and that was like a life challenge. You ever tried taking tussing and trying to stay up? <laughs> Boy, but I, you know what? It's weird though. You see, like I, you know, I live in Bedside. It's predominantly African American, and you see the older generation that walks around, and you see they're physically looking in bad health. You know, they're either overweight, they're missing limbs, they're, you know, drinking at 9 a.m. in the morning. Like, all these, like, bad, you know, bad behaviors from when they were younger are paying dividends now. And you would think the younger generation would see this and be like, ooh, don't want to be that. But we're kind of, a lot of the younger generation heads down that, that same similar path. Well, I, I also look at it like you, you have a lot of the, our generation and future generations are more health conscious than they were in the past because they do see the downfalls of their parents and their elders. Like, case in point, like, you always see the person always putting a selfie up of their working out. You had never seen that 10, 15 years ago. Because there's post. no way to do it. <laughs> well, no, I mean, or even talking about it. Like, it's it's common conversation to talk about fitness. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. so, like, we are more, I think we're more uh, health conscious than we were ever before and and now the people even our elders my mom case in point for example she's even become she was fortunate enough to not get hit with anything crazy like some diabetes or anything and like try to change her lifestyle but she started seeing her friends and and uh family fall off due to like losing a limb due to some like crazy you know, gout you know, and diabetes yeah, and it's nuts man and get all that stuff yeah it's, it's real it's real. She can't eat what she cooks anymore, you know, and she has to be a, a, a piggy eater, and, and she's up there in age where she can't eat everything. And I think we're the same way, too. I mean, we had to give up certain things. Like I said, I can't eat a burrito before bedtime anymore. I can't eat <laughs> two to three plates of food on Thanksgiving anymore. You know, I'm good with one solid plate and some dessert, you know. Um, they think something's wrong with me, and I'm like, no, nah, I just I can't do it anymore. I'm at a certain age that I feel like crap the next morning. I don't want to feel like that anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, that's it's just like drinking super heavy. Yo. Like, yep. yep. I mean, in the past, we used to go out like, yo, we're going to get tore up tonight. Yo, we're mad drunk. Like now I'm like, yo, I don't want no part of that, man. Right, give me a couple of drinks. Give me a glass of water in between and let me rock home. I'm trying to yeah. get up tomorrow and do yeah. something. That's, that's, I mean, you know, and it's interesting when people still drink like they're 22, 23 and they're 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42. And that bounce back is not even close to what it used to be. You get, you know, you, you're drinking all night and you wake up and it takes you like, you know, 27 hours to recover. Dude, last hangover I had took me a full day to recover, yo. 
Yeah, I, I swear I didn't drink that much, yo. Well, I, I felt it for like the next like 19 hours, yo. That, you know, you get that pain in your bones tired, yo. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, yo, drinking. I don't. I don't know how people still drink Long Island, Joe. Like, I, oh yeah, Ooh. to me, it, this makes no sense, Joe. I, I I know when I was like my later years of drinking, and people was like, "Hey, you want some?" Like, I don't fool with clear liquor. Like, I've seen what clear liquor does to people. Well, like vodka. Yeah, all that Ciroc, all that crazy. It, man, it 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 changes them into block monsters, man. I was like, I, I need <laughs> sippers. I don't wanna I don't wanna damn like let's take shots. I was like, no, nah. oh, I'm good. Yeah. Like I don't wanna be doing backflips off the roof. You know, I don't I don't wanna <laughs> you know, I I need something brown makes you sit down. That's what I used to always say. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and also too, it's like people when they quote unquote learn how to drink, it was you know, shot, shot, shots, and, and downing beers and getting fucked up and Long Island iced teas, Tokyo teas. Yo, I was at somewhere and someone ordered an Incredible Hulk. And I was like, whoa, I haven't heard one of that in easily 12 years. Yo, did they still even carry Alize in, in, in the club? I, that's, yo, the, the bartender was like, was making it and she was like, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I, why, why would you want to, you know what? Let's be real. For me, the only reason I was drinking was to get in the girl's pants. I didn't know where in hell I'm drinking this. That's 75 to 80% of most people. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I mean, it gave, yeah. it gave me a sense of a little bit of courage. Liquid courage. But at the same time, I wasn't drinking. If she drank, then I had to drink because you know she wasn't going to drink by herself. Yeah, of course. You know? So, but at the same time, because I was like, why am I drinking this nasty, like, liquid, like, pretty much rocket fuel? I'm like, I don't want to drink this. Like, it's just, it's nuts to me. But the only reason we I used to drink like heavy like that was to get her a little, her, make her lose her inhibitions, and I would lose my inhibitions, and I would have an excuse of why I maybe touched her boob last night, you know. So it was just like, oops, my bad, I was drunk, you know. So it was crazy. But I mean, now I can't even fathom drinking like that. Let's take shots. Let's drink this rocket fuel so we can like do whatever. I'm like, I'm good. I get hype. What is it? I get loose off of orange juice, like dog, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to explain to somebody because they're like, you know, I don't I don't like the taste of liquor or whatever. And I was like, all right, cool. But have you had like a good drink or you were always just drinking crappy shit like, you know, uh, Red Bull vodkas or rum and Cokes or something like that? Like once I once someone introduced me to like better cocktails and then I was like, oh, these are actually really delicious. Like even if you don't like alcohol. Like a lot of these bartenders are such whizzes about just mixing ingredients that don't make the most refreshing like cucumber lime lemonade drink if you've ever had in your life and there's no alcohol in it at all and so like I started to be more of a fan of like you know these bartenders that would just like come up with these crazy concoctions and like have an actual proper drink or having a better understanding for scotch and whiskey and bourbon and all that kind of stuff as well. That's why when I go to bars, like I, what I do, I've been doing for quite a few years now. It's like I, when I, I start to talk to bartenders, I ask them what they drink, and I tell them to make me what they, what they, their favorite drink to make is, and I get to taste all these new and weird drinks and whatnot. That's how we ended up drinking that thing at um, Josh's drink, Cam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was weird. That was like whiskey and ginger and some other shit. Yeah, it was pretty good too. But I like I appreciate that because it's and 
you know, uh, if I'm drinking with someone that's younger, 23, 24, like, you know, they're getting their typical, you know, Red Bull vodkas or whatever. They're like, let's do shots of tequila. I'm like, well, why would you do that? It's 6 p.m. on a Tuesday. Like, why would you do a shot? Like, why don't you just have a nice drink, chill, relax, have a conversation, and then pick up and go and go where you need to go. But a lot of people's minds is when they're drinking, they're drinking to get fucked up as opposed to drinking and as a normal conversation or to be social and then just move on. Like, which, I mean, that's not everybody, but once you get to that certain age and you can't wild out like that, you actually want to just, like, having one drink and then getting up and leaving is not that bad anymore, you know? But Cam, you forget, right. I mean, it got drew off, but you forget the fact that they can do that. True. Like, True. they can... We can't do that! Uh, <laughs> they can have three or four shots and have and plus have like three or four drinks and be good the next day, yo. Oh, yeah, I remember those days. I'm good, man. I'm a, I'll be cold front. Give me a, mm. a Coke with grenadine on the rocks. You know, I'm good. <laughs> or, or, you know. Pineapple I, my, Sprite and, uh, and cranberries. Yeah. I mean, my, 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 my telltale sign was when I couldn't feel my kneecaps or I couldn't feel my bottom lip, I was good. I was like, I don't need to drink anymore. Because what yeah. is it, Cam? Two Carroll Gardens? Oh, Woo! yeah. Oof. No more. <laughs> Yeah, those, yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll get you. They'll get you. That was that. What's that? I said, what is that? Two Carol Gardens. Oh, it's um a drink over at the Flatiron Lounge, Kato Spot, 19th and 6th. And it's a whiskey base uh, in the same realm as uh, Bobby Collins or Preakness. And essentially, it's just like pure whiskey, but it's, as a, a cocktail. And they're delicious, but you don't need no more than two. You, if you're drinking more than two of those, you need to go home. Like, I was, I, I, you drink more than two of those, you're ready to rob a bank. Yeah. <laughs> and I've only done it, drink more than two twice, and it was never a good situation. <laughs> when, we were, when we were coming up, we had this drink we created uh, that was not even a drink. It's just more like a dare. It was called the Itty Bitty Ditty Bag. <laughs> And it's basically, you had to take a shot of uh, Hennessy and then chase that with a shot of 151. Good God. Why? Why would Why? you do that? <laughs> <laughs> because if you drink it, remember, in, uh, you ever see G.I. Joe the movie? Yeah. So uh, when uh, Sergeant Slaughter was training the new recruits, they was like, what happens if you don't make it? Then I'll send you home in an itty bitty Ditty bag. So that's what it was. Like you drink, you drink that drink, and we send you home in an itty bitty ditty bag. Because after that, you write in the cab and you go home. Oh my god! Well, how would you even do that to yourself? So no one ever drank it. Like, we came up with it one night. We thought it was a super joke. And one night it was, uh, you know, Joe. This dude thinks he's like the hardest guy who's ever walked the face of the earth, yo. So he's like, yeah, I walk across sun, so nothing can stop, nothing can hurt me, yo. <laughs> so. It's his birthday, and we at um, Second and Second, which is like this karaoke bar down the Lower East Side, and we already drinking a whole bunch of shit, and uh, he was talking mad shit, like, yo, give me whatever, yo, I'm throwing it back, we partying tonight, we wilding out. I'm like, all right, yo, why don't you do an itty-bitty ditty bag? Let's do it. Everybody's like, what? All right. <laughs> so... He was like, yo, I'd do it if Dwayne do it. So Dwayne was like, nah, nah, nah. So I convinced him. He's like, yeah, I'd do it. So they did the shot of Hennessy, right? And Dwayne makes the usual shot face that he always makes, which he, he can never keep it. He always looks yeah. like he's <laughs> face. 
by Pacquiao and shit. So <clears throat> when Joe went to take the shot at 151, Dwayne took the, <laughs> took the 151 and put it in the plant next to him. Oh, <laughs> well. Yo, I, no lie, 15 minutes later, this dude was done, yo. He was done. They was carrying him out the bar, yo. So he was stumbling, and he was waiting outside for the um for the cab, and it was like a, a it was a sniper across the way and shot him. Boom! He lost. <laughs> like, you know. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, also too, like like you said, like you now that you're a little bit older, you know your limits. So it's like you get, you know, like uh, when I go into uh, Brooklyn Social and uh, off of Carroll Gardens. Like the bartender Matt is really, really cool. He'll make me uh, um, a really good old fashioned, but he automatically sets down a pint of water right next to it. Like it's just automatic out the gate, and it's I like that. Like you know, just because he knows he's like, oh, we're gonna drink you know a couple of old fashions. He makes really good ones. They're you know very strong. But like having that pint of water and, and being consistent about drinking it while you're drinking definitely balances out. And also too, it's like oh, you know what? It's about eight thirty. Been here for about an hour, hour and a half. I got shit to do tomorrow. I can get up and go, and I have that like maturity to do that. Where before, nah, they rock to like twelve. <laughs> nice rock to wow. one. Two. <laughs> you know, you get there at seven, get there at twelve, and rock till twelve. Nah, why not? Oh wait, there's new girls here. Oh cool, we'll just stay till one, one two o'clock. Oh, it's only a Monday. Nah, no big deal. What am I doing on Tuesday? <laughs> no words get done on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <sighs> like I said, you learn how to drink in college. That's what it was for me. I learned I learned this from an alcoholic. Before I went to to college, he told me. He was like, you drink anything and everything in college and then you figure it out. You understand what you like and you don't like and what works for you. And blah 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 and boy oh boy. I've 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 learned a lot in college of like how to drink and how to be a mature drinker, you know. Can't be going in there ordering like the sun, moon and stars because you're gonna be having your head in the dirt looking like an ostrich. After the twenty fifth hour, you know, so it's just it's just nuts, man. Like the crazy <laughs> things I see people order and drink, and they just they go hard. Like, but again, this just shows this shows my age, you know. Like, like again, these twenty year olds, man, they they built for it. It's not in my DNA anymore, you know. I, I even when I was drinking, I I stopped. Cam can contest this. I stopped for like five years. I didn't even touch the drink. I was like, I'm good. Yeah. But you know, also too, people, different everyone drinks for different reasons. So you know, either there's a drink that you know to forget something, or drink to remember, or drink to get fucked up, or whatever, whatever. And so it is, um, it's something that I didn't really realize too much that you know everyone has their own reasons why they drink. Some people just drink just to, they have fun, they enjoy drinking, and then other people are drinking to you know whatever bad problems and to avoid them or whatever. And then you know, like you said, alcoholic sees where that's a whole nother psychological situation too so it's not it's it's such a wide spectrum of people that drink and, and it's interesting that people just that there's so many different types of people that drink in, in terms of that so when folks are like yeah you know i just stopped drinking and it's it, before you used to give them ribs like oh why you not stop drinking blah 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 blah. now it's like oh we're all right cool and then yeah. you keep moving <laughs> yeah when i was younger i used to drink to uh to get myself calm so I can actually function in a party because I used to be super shy. And then when I got past that stage, it was just, I was just drinking because I was hanging out, you know, I was having fun. But then when I stopped drinking because I was blacking out too much, I realized why I was drinking. And a lot of it was like me coping 
with shit that was going on in my life that I couldn't handle at the time. So I was using it as an escape. And uh, that taking that year off allowed me to realize that. And now I have a completely different outlook of myself when I drink. Now I drink as a social thing, but before it was more of like, shit is terrible. I need to go see my man James and uh, <laughs> talk this shit out, you know? James, James is like, what up, Pope? Long time no see. I mean, yesterday. <laughs> How you been? Hey, on the real, I usually keep alcohol for guests. That's like I have like a like wine for guests. Like I don't even touch it. I got hard liquor that was given to me, and like I just keep it for people who come over. The one time I'll use alcohol is when I'm cooking. You know, mm-hmm. like it's the only time I'll have it. Any like relevance to alcohol is like I'll put it in like to marinate or make a, a deglaze for some type of steak or use a port or something, you know. But I mean, teach his own. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, I dramatically uh, stopped. Like I dramatically cut down my drinking by not drinking at home. Like I don't drink at home at all. I do have wine and like whiskey and stuff, but like I don't drink at all. And like you know, before I'd have a beer or have some whiskey or whatever and wine or whatever. But now I'm like I rarely ever drink at home and. Just by doing that, cut my drinking in half. Yeah, my, my number one rule has always been to, um, I, I never drink at home and I never drink alone. Like I've always, like I, I come from a long line of alcoholics. Like I've seen some shit and like I know what to look out for and what not to do. And I always seen like when you drink at home and you're by yourself when you're drinking, like that is a downfall. Because like I've always felt like alcohol is is a multiplier. So if you're if you're really outgoing it'll make you even more outgoing and if you're like at your heart you're like a dark person like it'll start to bring that out if you like if you're a dark person who hides it all the time and you drink a lot it started it'll start to bring that out so if you if you have like a depression and you're drinking and you're home by yourself Ooh. man that's a dangerous combination yo yeah i mean i think it's when you're at home and you're you're finishing a whole bottle of anything, whether it's whiskey, vodka, you know, wine or whatever, it's just like that's that's a a cause for some pa- some pause. Just just relax a little bit, step back. <laughs> yeah, um, the con- the constant reminder for me is waking up the next day and feeling like crap. It, it, that's all the convincing I needed. I like I feel like I I lost a kidney one night. I was like. I didn't, <laughs> I never want to feel like that again. And, you know, people say, I'll never drink. No. There was one pivotal moment in my drinking history where I literally thought I might have coughed up a vital organ. And I was like, <laughs> I want, I don't ever want to feel like this again. And it was embarrassing. I embarrassed myself in front of some girls. Yo, you know what? I'll t- I tell you this. Uh, that and the fact that it prevented me from getting some cheeks one night. I was like, no, I can't ever be more drunk than the girl that I'm trying to fool around with or embarrass myself or feel like I need to have surgery the next morning. No more. Uh, it was like, uh, that, that was it. That was my pookie from New Jack City moment. You ain't got to convince, <laughs> you ain't gotta convince me about drugs and alcohol. I get it, you know, so. Uh, yeah. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. So, yeah, I mean. Again, if you know how to drink, more power to you. I'm not knocking it, you know, because I still used to, I mean, I, I miss having a social drink from time to time, but it doesn't bother me. I think it bothers people more that I don't drink, so I have a Coke to make them feel more comfortable. I don't get uncomfortable when people drink around, drink around me. It don't bother me. Yeah. So to make them, make them feel at ease, I'll have 
a Coke. And they were like, you sure you don't want anything? I was like, just give me a, a Coke or a water. Yeah, you know? and, I, and I think that's what it is. Like, I've, I've been around girls that don't drink. And so then it's almost like it cuts out a lot of social gatherings and engagements where there's other people that, like, oh, I don't drink, but I don't care if you drink or at all. Like, you know, they like you said, get a Coke or whatever it is. And I think that's the... The difference where, you know, drinking is still a very social thing. And if you're around a bunch of people that do drink and you don't, then you're just, you know, grabbing a water or whatever it is and you're just chilling. You know, like you're more there for the in social engagement as opposed to, but, you know, other people, when someone, there's someone there that doesn't drink, that's when it's kind of like, man, we're all getting really fucked up and then you're not. So now we feel more self-conscious, I guess is the best way to put it. Yo, Cam, Prime. Yes. Hey, do you- uh, so you you stopped drinking as a, a a conscious decision or was it because of a religious decision? Both. Like, um, I felt like for me to like really focus on the religion, I had to really cut it out. And you know, I had my slip ups here and there. You know, I'm human, but at the <laughs> same time, I was really drinking in college just to like just be drinking for any. Like, I wasn't an alcoholic or anything. But, like, I was just like, I really don't need to drink this much. I'm not really big on drinking anyway. You know what I'm saying? So, if I did, like, I, if I was actively drinking right now, I would have the social drink. The one drink or two drinks and I'm done. I never, like, had to feel the need to really out drink anybody. That's more of an ego thing. And, like I said, if most of the majority of my time in college or uh, pre-college or after college drinking, it was more to, like, really encourage the girl to drink and to get her inhibitions a little loose because like they would maybe be on type in the situation to be tense but now i'm mature enough to have a conversation with somebody normally without having a drink because it didn't like I, there was no pressure you know what i'm saying the drinking was more of a of a common ground to for us to have like some type of bonding for, or socially it didn't have to be with girls but just any individuals but i'm i'm, I'm confident in myself to navigate through any situation socially where I don't have to depend on alcohol. And I felt like I was doing that before. So in essence, with the religion on top of how I personally felt, uh, it, it, it uh, enhanced my ability not to have that much alcohol in, or lean on alcohol in my life. Like, you know, that wasn't a vice that was hard for me to give up, you know? Yeah, my mom was like... Uh... My mom's kind of sat my brothers and I down and kind of just divulged the uh, family history of drunks and, and you know, uh, addicts and smokers and this and that. And they're like, yeah, you guys can do whatever you want, but this is your history, so know that. But then also have, understand them um, and understand, understand motive, uh, moderation. And I think that was like their big key. They were like, you know, my dad doesn't drink at all. My mom, she drinks on occasion because of my dad. My dad doesn't drink, so she just doesn't drink. But she was, they kept, they were, they were really just big on moderation and understanding your limits and understanding your control. And I think that's the part that we all kind of, uh, when we're younger, especially college level, we're just like, fuck it. Or when I moved to New York, my first like five years, I was drinking a bunch and just rolling with it. And now I still drink, but it's a lot more, a lot more in moderation than it was even three years ago well yeah about three years ago but well, yeah, I, I, I think that moderation is, is key yeah, um, I, no i was gonna say uh on some health stuff you just realize how much weight you gain when you yeah. drink. like i'm not a beer drinker yeah but boy i remember i tried to drink beer and break dance bad move <laughs> yep. bad bad move man i felt bloated i felt like i was gonna take a dump on the floor i was like i can't deal with this yeah. like 
you know, and that's why you, you like I say, you learn how to drink, you know, you know what works for you, you know. Yeah, you, you know what you like, and I think that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, before, you know, you'll, you might mix stuff for no reason at all. Like, oh, let's have, you know, a shot of vodka, but I'm also having whiskey, then maybe some wine and, like, beer, and then you're mixing them all together, you're going to throw up and whatever, and then nowadays it's like, nope, actually, you know, brown brown liquor gives me a headache. I don't drink brown liquor. I only drink mm-hmm. vodka. And if I do, it's only at this situation. And then that's it. Don't drink beer either. Like, I've started to see as people get older, they kind of stick with what they like. And then they don't go too crazy or cross over like they would used to. Like, everybody's taking shots. And then there's always the people that are like, nah, I'm good. Don't take shots. You know what <laughs> or, that sounds like? A Gen Xer. Cynicism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're setting their ways. <laughs> They're not accepting of the, the the Red Bull and vodka or the uh, the Incredible Hulk or whatever hot new drink is out nowadays. Oh, with liquid cocaine. I remember that one. Yeah, I don't drink Red Bull and vodka because it's an upper and a downer, and you the never put them in. It's a fucking oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you want to do that? I want to go to sleep. No, oh, no, I want to stay up. You know, no, I'm good. That fucks with your heart, man. I can't, I can't undo that shit. I don't do anything that fucks with your heart. That's why I don't mess with ecstasy, yo. Uh, I'm not a, I don't mess with drugs. <laughs> yeah, it's not my, not my thing at all. Messing with your heart is a cold, cold thing. It's, it's just crazy that like who came up Red Bull and vodka. I want an upper and a downer. Let's mix it together. Yeah, it's fuck all that stuff. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> hey, uh. Segwaying about uh you had mentioned something about the conversation of uh taking a girl out on a date. Oh yeah. So we had a we got a homie hypothetical. I'm gonna just repeat the the wrap up. But um let me make sure I pull it up because it was uh pretty good actually. Um but yeah, you know, so homie hypothetical is when we have a question from someone from the uh one of our fans and they kind of uh ask us a question the way it want us to weigh in on it. Um, we haven't done it in a long time because we're lazy and we haven't been on it. <laughs> but um, that's going to change. Yo, stop saying that shit, man. Just, just go into <laughs> hey, the fucking... I'm, hey, I'm, I just watched Tomorrowland, man. I'm being hopeful right now. I'm very hopeful and we can do it and creativity and yeah. <laughs> All right, yo, he, he, hey, hey, yo, he's from the, he's from the, the new generation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I got it right in front of me. I think the, your homie hypothetical is guy takes girl on a date. Date is going perfectly fine. She's into him. Guy goes to pay for the date, and his car gets rejected. Um, she has to pay for the date because he doesn't have the the monetary means to pay for it at all. But yeah. he's seemingly a good dude. Should she give him another shot, or he's or is the brother dead in the water? Yeah, that's that's a good hope. Oh. Well, that's not. Well, it's two things. One, that's that's not really a question that uh, the guy should be asking. That's like that's a question we ask the the woman who went on a date. I think it was more from the woman, but I think the you know, but oh, it's from her. Well, yeah. all right, if it's from her, not the guy. Well, I, this is <laughs> line by line a story of a date I've actually had, yo. Do tell, Pope. Do tell. We, we've actually we actually covered this, this, this <laughs> on a previous episode, but it's the infamous forty dollar date. Yes, <laughs> I forgot about this. Uh, sorry for the uh, audience members that don't know what you're talking about, Pope. Please, please uh, elaborate. 
So the forty dollar date was when I went on a date with um, a friend of. Is it somebody you know, Cam? It was a it was a friend of somebody's. Yeah, it was like, like a mutual friendish or something. Yeah. Like that. I met a friend through a friend of a friend, and uh, we went on a date, and the date was dope. We had fun. She was joking, da 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 da. And by the time, like, I was unemployed, like, I was in between jobs, she was real tight, and I literally had $40. So when we got to the table, like, we were supposed to go to dinner, and we ended up just going to have drinks. So I was like, yo, I can cover drinks for $40. That's no problem. So we got to the this, this spot, and then uh, I was looking at the menu, yo. That night, I was Stephen Hawking, B. I was looking at all the numbers. I was calculating shit in my head. I'm like, all right, I get this. If she gets this, I can counter with this joint. Like, I can make sure we have just enough this. Like, we can get it all under this price and then get the hell out of here before it gets too crazy. So, it was all good. Like, we was going to get two appetizers and, like, uh, like an appetizer a piece and then, like, maybe two drinks. Because it wasn't that expensive at the spot we was at. I'm like, we could be good. So, <laughs> so she was like, yeah, well, we just get one appetizer and then, oh, look at this. You get a whole bottle. I was like, wait, a whole bottle of wine. We could expect that. I'm like, yo, wine can't be that expensive. I'm like, yeah, let's get that shit. <laughs> Wishful so, thinking. The bottle ended up being like $27. And then uh, the the appetizer was like, I think like 11 or some shit. So I'm like, all right, I'm good. So what I forgot to calculate, though, was the tax. <laughs> So it came out to like, so like the, the date was going on and Bill came, she went to the bathroom. I was like, fuck. So it came out to like 4127 or something, yo. So I was like, yo, I can't pay for this shit, yo. So I'm looking at the dude. So I was thinking about, yo, maybe I should try to, I think I tried to talk to the dude to see if he could let me slide or something. And he was like, nah, B, ask her for the money. <laughs> so I went back. So she came out to the bathroom. I'm like, yo, this, this whole night was really dope, but I, yo, I don't have the cash to pay for all this drink. It's, I have 40 bucks and it's 41.27. She She's looked at me like, yo, you fucking, oh, it's so good. Don't worry about it here. I'll take care of it. Boom, boom, boom. So she paid for it and we broke out. And then I never heard from her again. So the moral of the story is. <laughs> Give a nigga a chance. No, no, no. The moral of the story is if you end up in a situation where you can't, you have the money, but you can't afford to pay for the dinner or the date, whatever it is, and the the girl pays for it afterwards, ex- as soon as she finished paying for it, whatever that money you have in your pocket, you give to her. Yeah. That's what I Which, and I forgot to do that part. And that's what's <laughs> up, yo. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I look at it like this. Um, if you know, look, if I'm the guy and she kind of knows my job situation, maybe it was a mistake, you know, anything could happen. That happened to me. I wasn't on a date per se, but I was with a female companion that we hung out a couple times. And I was like, oh, my, I'll treat you for, for lunch. And my card got denied, but it was like legitimately somebody tried to access my account. But it's the most embarrassing thing that can happen to you, especially mm-hmm. when you go out of your way to say, I'm going to take over and pay for lunch. And it's the thing, you know, the thing to do. Mm-hmm. She was totally cool with it. One, because she knew my work situation. She knew where I worked and she figured it was like something, some ab, uh, abnormal, 
behavior going with my credit cards and she didn't even think twice and she paid for it and I told her immediately like I promise like I will get the next dinner or whatever I'll make it up to you I said something but I, I think it's more it, she knew my history and it wasn't a big deal and it wasn't a like a traditional date it was like we already hung out so it took the pressure of me saying I didn't have it, but it was just a weird thing. I was like more scared. Like I was like, what's going on with my account? I know how much I got in there. Why is my car not working? And so she was like, don't even worry about it. But yeah, I think Pope, the right thing to do was to give her all the cash that you had at the time and say, here, you know, apologies, you know, but it, it, I don't know. It's just crazy because, you know, I think you as a guy should have took control of what was supposed to be ordered. You know, when she said the wine and the appetizer, I was like, oh, no, I feel, I feel like we should go in this direction. You know, you got to be real smooth about it, you know, Too or you don't eat water. at all. You, she eats what she want to eat, and she's like, you're not hungry? No, I'm good. You know, I ate earlier type of deal. Was that uh, Half-Baked with Dave Chappelle, where, like, the, the, yeah. the dollar sign is going through the whole date? Yep. Yeah. Dude. That's probably be. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I think the, the girl should give the dude the, the, another chance, especially if the date was going well, and... It, but at the same time, like that second chance is his chance to hit the shit out the park. Like it should be on some like. <laughs> like yeah, you, know. you get that. You get that second chance. You gotta really hit him with some pit shit. You get red, red the jet skis, go out to the Ellis Island. Uh, you, yeah, leave you gotta take home, girl. You, you gotta bring her to a Brazilian steakhouse. Like <laughs> there's, there's money's no object that night. You know, it's just crazy because. It's a, as a guy, that's embarrassing, man. Like, just especially, I all this 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 goes back to when I was a youngin, and my my mom would always like, "Where you going? I'm going out with my friends. You got money? You know, well, you can't go out. <laughs> These are life lessons." She was like, "You can't be going out with your friends with no money in your pocket. What if they want to do something? You know what I'm saying?" So, the, like, unconsciously, this goes fast forward to. I mean, you gotta have funds to go on a date because if she said, "Let's go on a date." And my status was like broke five broke. I'd have like switch it up and was like I cook you dinner. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So because I'm I'm mean in the kitchen. So you know that's fellas. Word of advice: learn how to cook. It can save your life. You know, especially your wallet. Because I'm not going to no restaurant. I mean, even when I was in my like one of my previous relationships, I was transitioning in between jobs, and she had the whole birthday thing, and she was like. Wanted to do all this extracurricular activity, I had to had to dictate the situation and navigate and make a playbook of how can I make this night work without going over my budget. You know, so like, it's I crazy. Ain't got it? Yeah. Like I ain't. Oh, this is my birthday. I ain't got it. Cam, you're not eating. No, I'm fasting for Ramadan. But you go ahead and have a good time. You know, it's, I, I, but it's nighttime now. We switched it. It's reversed. First Ramadan. <laughs> I can only eat in the morning. <laughs> So it's crazy, but but it's a it's a tough situation for any man to be in. Um, it's already hard enough trying to get the girl to go out with you and get the number, and let alone not have the funds to pay for the whole date. It's crazy. Um, I would, I, I, me personally, I wouldn't have went on that date. But I guess you know, <laughs> yo, I would have borrowed money from someone and, and yeah, just, you could do that case. Like I think I went out. Yeah, I was supposed to go out with a girl, and I actually I borrowed like twenty bucks from Griff because I was I didn't I had like. I don't know, I think I had a 20 or something like that. I was supposed to get drinks. And I was like, yo, Griff, I'll get you back. And he's like, dude, dude, take the money. Go. Here, take 40. Just just go. <laughs> or 
if you're going to go on a date, it helps to have friends in high places. Yes. If you're going to yes, go drinking, yes, yes. take her to the bar where you know the bartender. Yeah, 100%. 100%. If you, if you know a spot where they hook you up with the portions, take her there. Yeah. That's, you know, uh, so that is that is definitely the move, yo. Living li- 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 on your means. Yeah, you have to take control of the direction of where you're going to eat, where you're going to drink, what are you going to see. Take it to the free joint. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, I know this spot up the way. I know the DJ. Or you don't act like you don't know the DJ. She don't know no better. Like, if I take a girl, you know what I'm saying? Girl, right now, if a girl, like, if, if I didn't have the money and where I work at now, I work for a tech company, I was like, girl, we can eat at Infinite Loop. You know what I'm saying? It's free food, free tickets for me. But you, she don't know. She ain't the wiser. She, you know, she think I'm paying for it. You know, so that's what I would do. You know, you, you use your resources, gentlemen. You know? <laughs> do your research. Yeah. yeah. Got to get intel. You hit up Griff. Like, man, she likes this and this. Can you hook it up? Just tip him out real nice. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, that is a hundred percent true. That shit makes it so much easier too. Because then you, then you know ahead of time, and you don't have to, you know, know surprises out of nowhere. Mm. But exactly. um, yeah, man, that was dope, dude. Uh, let's let's wrap it up. Let's get some final words. Uh, Pope, we'll go with you first. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, my final word is uh, do your research before you find you, you pick an apartment, place where you're going to stay. Son, uh, I, my apartment is the fucking worst. I'm glad I'm getting <laughs> out of here. It's all type of stuff. Yo, let me, tell you this, let me tell you this story. So, like, they play music outside of my window at, like, 4 a.m. 4 a.m., like, full blast. Like, every, like, ratchet song you could possibly think of, I've heard. Like, I've been woken up in the middle of the night, like, 2.30 in the morning to, uh, I, I love the Coco. So, and these jack-offs are out there every night. So, last night, I was trying to get to sleep, and I couldn't take it no more. So, they're across the street from me, and like, I'm on the third floor, and I'm like, yo, this shit, I can't take it no more. So, I opened up the top of the window, and I wish they was right below me. I had to pour a bucket of water on them. But so I'm like, fuck, I'm going to do anything I can do. So I open, I pull the top of the window down, I move my curtains, and I angle my body in just the right angle, and I launch an egg right across the street, yo. <laughs> I, I missed the dude by like like six, six inches, yo. But it hit the floor and like spat it all over his foot. So the dude jumped and he ran away. He was all shook. He's like, yo, they're doing something. Like, I, don't, I don't know where it came from. Yo. So after that, now, not two minutes later, the music cut off and everyone went back on the rest of the night, yo. Nice. Y'all feel so vindicated, B. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wish I had caught one of them dudes right in the square of his head, yo. That's awesome. That's, uh, that's my final word is fight back, yo. <laughs> fight the power. Or the, the neighborhood power. Um, what's my final? Oh, my final word is uh, get a bike helmet. Uh, if you're going to be biking, especially if you're biking and you're drunk, you might want to have that. Uh, also, make sure you have your, all your lights. So when you're biking at night, you're drunk, with a helmet, you have lights to help you protect you to make sure you don't get hit. I didn't get hit. There was a couple close calls, but just it was a nice reminder. Uh, I have my new ProTech helmet coming in the mail tomorrow, and I'm putting on my lights tonight. But yeah. Summertime is here. My bike's fixed. I've been riding around on the weekends. It's been very good exercise. But yeah, just trying to make sure safety first. Cam? Mine's is a little two-part, half and half. Final word. My final word is for Pope. Welcome to the iPhone family. I'm, I'm proud of you, B. 
You know, y- y'all was fronting on these Samsung Androids. Y'all just need to get with the real program. I'm glad. Cam, you got an iPhone. If you do, more power to you. If you don't, get, you know, get down and lay down. Uh, second yep. part of this. Wait, can, can we first uh, put a disclaimer how, why you're so pro? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a company man. What can I say? But at the same time, I don't push the product on you. I'm just an enabler. I put it out there. It's up to you to take it, brother. You know, I'm like Al Pacino and Devil's Advocate. You know, I'm just putting it out there. Welcome to the Evil Empire. We welcome you. Second part, as a kid growing up, this was a topic that was brought up. We didn't really touch base on it, but virtual games versus playing outside. Um, I'm pro both. You know, virtual games. I'm going to say this. Virtual gaming, having a Nintendo kept me out of the streets kept me from getting into bad behavior. But at the same time, there was no better feeling than playing outside. It's what we look forward to. And with that said, we had a one fat kid rule in our neighborhood because every day in our block was the Olympics. We didn't have out of shape kids when I was coming up, you know. So, I mean, like, again, playing outside was the end all be all. You could get into so much, man. There was so many things. Games were created from playing outside. Freeze tag, uh, you know, hide and seek. You know, leave you round up, yeah. man. Cartoon so, tag, yeah, it was good. So, that's my final word play outside to all you young kids or your parents out there. Have your kid play outside, give them a, a healthy dose of half and half. <laughs> nice, all go, right, buy an watch. go buy an Apple Watch. Now, I'm playing. Oh, I'm joking. Jesus, <laughs> don't <laughs> buy an Apple Watch. I don't have one either. So, <laughs> yo, stop, yo, stop promoting it, yo. Yeah. Unless, unless, we're, unless we're sponsored. Yeah, hey, go get that Google Glass. Oops. <laughs> All right, man. This is the Table of Truth, and we are out. Peace. You can listen and download to all of our episodes of The Table of Truth on iTunes. Just search The Table of Truth Podcast.